So this church unity um, thing is really important. It's not, as Clover says, it's more about people unity, but it's really, some of the things that really release God to act are are not as kind of difficult as as we think they are. And um, if God asks us to do some really amazingly big thing, we'd, we'd often go, yeah, I'll do that. But if God asks us to do a kind of, kind of simple little thing that you say no no um, surely that's not going to make a difference I, I'm not going to do that sort of thing um, and it was just this this whole thing about what does it take to be friend other people that reminded me of that of that story of um, Naaman which I just want to briefly talk to you about um, and then I began to read the story and I thought oh wow this is such an incredible story I've got some of it on the slide but I'll just read it through, and I, I won't try and digress too much. But this is in two Kings chapter five. Um, if you've got your scriptures, it says, "Now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel and she served Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Just There's one of the heroes of faith right there that we'll probably miss out on. So sometimes, do you ever try and put yourself in the Bible? It's one of the key things I try to do is like, if that was me, what would I be saying? So I've now been taken captive from my hometown. I've been effectively made a slave or a servant to this person's wife, and I'm probably doing her domestics or something. All right? Have you got yourself in that picture? So what's your heart like? Okay, who's going to be honest with me? Who's going to engage in me? Who's going to look at me? What's your heart like? So? Okay, it's very generous. What else is your heart like? Resentful. Okay. So is your heart reaching out with compassion? Are you full of faith? So this woman says to her this woman says to her mistress, if only my master there's a testimony, isn't it? Could meet the prophet in Samaria in Israel. God would heal him. That's a powerful testimony, isn't it? And it just, isn't it? It's a powerful testimony. And it just made me realize just this, the power of our simple testimony. It's not that she's got to do all the work or she's going to do the healing, but she's got real faith in God that he's sent a prophet into Israel. And she's free enough to give it away. Isn't that powerful? Was I just on my own here? I got a few nods, but <laughs> I read it and I think, would I be like that? I often read the Bible and I think, would I be like that? Would I be like that? And I say, Lord, make my heart like that. I hope that's what you do when you read the Bible. You stop and you cry out to God <laughs> and you say, Lord, change my heart, make me useful. So, and then I then I sort of extrapolate a little bit and I remember that this miracle that's about to happen 
Jesus refers to. So I'm thinking, well, how significant is this miracle then? Yeah? When he healed the, um, the, you know, the Syrophoenician woman and, and they were all saying, you know, what are you doing? And he said, he said, you know, don't you think there were many lepers in Israel when God healed Naaman? So I'm thinking, this servant girl triggered a miracle that Jesus refers to 700 years later, and I'm referring to 2,700 years later. (laughs) Yeah? Doesn't that make our lives really significant? Really powerful. And how it's so important that our hearts are just in that kind of right place and just looking, if you will, for God to move. So, obviously, um, the wife of Naaman listened and and, uh, mentioned it to her husband, who mentions it to the king, who then... Um, decides that this is what should happen. So Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means go, the king of Aram said. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 talents of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. That sounds an awful lot of money. It's going down the page. It says 340 kilograms of um, silver and 70 kilograms of gold. I have no idea at the time what gold was worth, but 70 kilograms of gold sounds a lot of money to me. I mean, we're talking millions, are we talking here? So he's, got, he's going packed with dosh, huge amounts of dosh, because that's how he thinks you get something. All right? So the king of Israel is not a happy chap. So as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Oh my God. Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send me someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. So he's really angry. He's really frustrated. He's got nowhere to turn. Um, So he's angry person number one in this story. So when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Make the man come to me and let him, and he will know that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots. I don't know if you've got the picture. So he's got this million dollar plus and his horses and his chariots and his pomp and his ceremony. So he's the right-hand man of the guy of the top dog at the time. And uh, he gets directions to Elisha's house. Um, And he stops at the top of the door. So there he is. There's Naaman, powerful commander, Chariots, horses, servants, money. He gets to the door of the house. So what happens next? So Elisha sends him a message. Elisha doesn't go and see him. He sends him a message. All right? It's a lovely story, isn't it? Yeah. Elisha sends a message to him saying, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. Your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. Full stop. Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. And here we have angry man number two. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God 
wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Albana and Farfa the rivers of Damascus better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned away and went off in a rage. So how many people have got in a rage in the story so far? Two, I think. Okay. So he's in a rage. And then we have the second group of servants. Okay. So Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? This is the bit I got on the slide, so I'll just show it to you. If I can find the clicker. I don't know, excuse me, but I'm done with the clicker. Never mind. Okay, I got it, it's okay, I got it. Okay. Verse 13, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? Now, let's just think about these servants. So they've just been watching what's been going on, haven't they? And they've been listening and they heard the word of God. And what is faith? It's hearing God's word and acting upon it. So we have the second group of people that's in real faith in this story. So we, the first person was the servant of the, um, the slave girl of Naaman's wife. And then, and then Naaman's servants, just perceiving what needs to happen, they said, if they asked you some amazing thing to do, because they knew how brave and courageous Naaman was, if he told you to go and do that, would you not have done it? So he went down, he listened to his servants, went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. And his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. And I, as I was, the reason I looked at this story, I sometimes think, just sometimes it's the simple things that God's asked us to do. The really important things, the relational things, that, um, that really give birth to, to the miracles and the transformation and, and sometimes we kind of replace those with what we think are the really difficult things that, um, that we should be doing in order to release the power of God. And it's this humility of, in this story of, of, of two servants that this story has a prequel and a story and, and, and then a sequel. And the story of the sequel is actually a quite sad story because Elisha's servant uh, covets the gold and the silver which Elisha says that this is not the time. Such a powerful statement, he says. Is this the time to accept money? Is this the time to accept clothes and vineyards? Because, of course, Israel was under the domination of Syria at the time, so he wasn't ignoring that. He said, no, this isn't the time to accept money. This is the time to be seeking God. So what... Chloe was saying about relationships uh, in in the church and between the churches is, is is really really important. It's just that the essence of church is is people relating to God and relating to each other, and it, it's it's really important that we're like Naaman that's kind of willing to kind of be dipped and be cleansed, um, because it's it's so easy. To be upset. 
it's so easy to, to be offended and, and, and not to like something. It's, it's really, really easy, even today, to find several things that are not right. Isn't it? Yeah. But, but what does that do to the power of the Holy Spirit and the flow of God? Zilch. It just hinders it. Okay? But if we just go back to that servant girl, who's, all of her situation was kind of wrong, but she was just looking, as it were, to, um, to what God could do and to the power of God. And, and, and that just released. Well, look what it released. It released a miracle that was noted in two nations amongst the, the courts and kingdoms of two nations. So the kingdom of God you know, doesn't come uh, sort of, as, it, as Jesus said, sort of with power to be seen, but it's, but it's within us. Um, and it's the transformation of our, of our heart and lives. And sometimes it's not easy because the easy thing is to, um, the easy thing is, is, is to withdraw, isn't it? The easy thing is to um, kind of stay within ourselves and, and, and to be um, possibly offended. But the harder thing um, is to pursue God together. And, and it, I was rather amused to read this verse from Paul. The Apostle, he says, May the God who gives you endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, sometimes you think endurance and encouragement are, but they're very positive things, aren't they? Yeah? Yeah? But sometimes you need endurance and encouragement to be of one mind with each other. Because it's kind of easy, easy to, forgive, to give up on those things and not realize kind of how important they are. But he says, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement, he, he didn't say give you the courage to keep going in, in every difficult circumstance. Although I may have said that elsewhere. But he said, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus had. So with one mind and one voice you may glorify God. So it's not always easy. But but it's a choice. It's a lifestyle. It, it's it's a yeah. It's something to determine, and God gives us the encouragement to do it. Um, when I when I was born again, I, I think I've talked a lot recently about um, what happened when I was saved because we've been doing a study on the cross, and it's been quite interesting just to kind of reflect how my life was transformed from darkness to light. Nothing, not that everything changed, and much had to be worked on, but there was definitely a transformation that took place when I was born again because eternal life was born in me God began to live in me and you'd expect something to change but one of the things that I noticed was just almost like a baptism of love I just seemed to love everybody I met and and I went to one of the um, stricter boys boarding schools for, for years didn't actually enjoy it at all um, I was convinced that my housemaster had a personal vendetta against me. I'm sure he didn't, but I was convinced when I was there that he did, as every schoolboy is probably. Um, and then when I was born again, I, I wanted to give my testimony to the school that I was at and, and the boys, and, and that was quite a powerful thing. But when I saw him, I honestly wanted just to hug him, put my arms around him, um, he was the symbolism of everything in my life before that that I was against. 
and God just put an amazing kind of love in my heart. And I'm convinced that when God meets our lives, that's not an unusual thing. I believe that's what God does because he is love. But what I've noticed it tends to happen is that as we go on in the Lord, we, we kind of discover things, we learn things. You know, we believe when we're born again that everyone else that's a Christian is our brother and sister. You know, until somebody tells us that they're not quite like us. Yeah, and they don't always believe all the same things that you believe. And um, they don't actually like the songs that we sing. And um, they actually emphasize different things to we do. And actually you need to be a bit careful. And suddenly this incredible overwhelming love that you seem to have for everybody is not quite so strong and overwhelming as it was to start with because you become sort of rather cautious. Um, but I believe that one of the things that's really important to the Lord is, as he fills us with the Spirit is that um, he wants us to have the same mind to one towards another that Christ had and that with one mind and one voice we may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, yeah, it's like dipping in the river, basically, seven times and just letting the, the leprosy wash away because because kind of hardness of heart is like a leprosy that can can heat eat eat away at you and you just we just do need to be like Naaman and and humble ourselves and get in get in that stream um just a quick few other verses paul says make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace was he kidding make every effort and then we were baptized by one spirit to form one body. This is a tremendous picture of the church. It's one body which we were baptized into by, by one spirit. Um, and irrespective of age and race and gender and status and education language, we're part of what God has done in the cross. Another thing that he's done in the cross is formed uh, his church out of himself as, as, as one body. Um, and that's how we became the part of the body of, of, of Christ, that we were made to drink of the one spirit. And I found that when you drink together of the Holy Spirit, um, it has a intoxicating impact in terms of your life and, and, and your love for God. So, yeah, that's basically what I sort of wanted to, to, to add into why this is important um, why it's important to to watch over our hearts. Um, we need the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is the one that breeds life, uh, and He breeds He brings unity. So we were baptized by one Spirit to form one body. So just as there's breath in my in my body that's come from God, and I'm one body, um, there's the Holy Spirit's breath is in one body. Maybe just think about that a little bit. Um, there isn't two Holy Spirits. There isn't two bodies. There's one Holy Spirit. And there's one body and there's one breath breathing in that body. And, and the sign of life, kind of the first sign of life is breath, isn't it? Um, and the sign of, of, of God's life in his church is, is the moving of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah, sustaining life. And the body is formed because Christ has breathed into it.
and the body is sustained because we drink from its Holy Spirit, which is great. Yeah, there is one body and one spirit, as we were called to one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all. So praise the Lord. Just, yeah, just maybe we could um, just reflect on those two servants, groups of servants in that story. Um, they weren't the key influences, or they, in the natural, but they were the key influences for the miracle. And the people that were the powerful people um, really struggled with the whole thing. Um, but because of the acts of faith of those groups of servants, then a, a mighty thing that was released that um, that transformed Naaman. He he then said to Elisha, "You know, I know that the God of Israel is 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 the Lord." Um, and so there wasn't just a miracle; there was a transformation in his life because he confessed Jesus to be, or he confessed God to be the Lord. So, Father, we just we thank you. Uh, for the simplicity of, 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 of acts of faith and, and love that you put in our paths. Lord, help us to celebrate the simple and powerful things that come out of knowing you and being part of your body. Father, we want to celebrate um, the power that is in a humble heart. We want to celebrate, Lord, the power that is in simple acts of love and service. And we, Lord, I know as much as anyone how hard it can be to kind of get along when things are happening that is so contrary to your, the way you think. And it feels sometimes that people do things just to annoy you, but they don't. At least I hope they don't. And so, Father, we just pray that, that you'll give us that, um, that baptism of love, Lord, that just reaches out and sees the way that you see and loves the way that you love and brings change and new life and new spirit and new hope. Thank you that each of us have significance, Lord. Each of our testimonies literally can change nations the way that that servant girl has changed two nations. And we'd like to be like the other servants that said, why don't you just go and do that? Why don't you just go and do what God said? Why don't you just dip seven times in the Jordan? Why don't you line up with God's purposes for your life? Why don't you just quietly submit yourself to the will of God for you? You've heard God speak. He's not asking you to do some great thing. He's just saying, fall in line. And Lord, I thank you for the miracles that follow as we just gently hear your voice and, and act upon it. Thank you that each of us is a miracle of your doing. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you that you've broken down such a huge barrier and you birthed us into one body by one spirit. And we rejoice in that. In Jesus' name.
Praise the Lord. Good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Is there anything, any testimony you want to share? We're encouraging testimonies tonight, so if you can come, that would be really good. Testimonies are